Welcome to the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast, your source for expert insights on industry consensus standards and ASSP technical publications. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. One of the most important aspects of motor vehicle fleet safety is establishing a policy regarding the use of alcohol, legal or illegal drugs or substances, and prescription and non-prescription medications. A new clearinghouse from the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration offers employers real-time information on any drug and alcohol program violations on a driver's record. Here with me to discuss the FMCSA clearinghouse and what it means for both employers and drivers is Remy Fluette. Remy is director of EHS at HP Hood LLC. He is also administrator of ASSP's transportation practice specialty. Remy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Pleasure to be here, Scott. Now, I gave a little bit of an overview of the the clearinghouse at the top, but I thought we could start by giving our listeners some more detail about what this clearinghouse is, the information it provides, and how it can help employers and safety professionals develop a drug and alcohol use policy for their motor vehicle fleets. No, certainly. Um, the FMCSA Clearinghouse is a central repository of information related to drug and alcohol testing results for CDL drivers. Uh, the Clearinghouse is, will be the place where information related to any positive drug and alcohol test results, uh, driver refusals to test, reasonable suspicion testing, and similar drug and alcohol related information will be collected. Uh, the reporting of this information will be the responsibility of both the medical review officer companies are utilizing to review drug and alcohol testing results and also the employers themselves in certain circumstances. Um, the clearinghouse will also be where substance abuse professionals or SAPs will report uh, completion of substance abuse treatment programs for CDL drivers and completed follow-up testing protocols identified during that process. Okay, so really uh, a, a lot of great information that, that safety professionals can then use to see really how effective their drug and alcohol programs are and maybe help them identify some areas for improvement? Well, it's going to be more focused on uh, the actual drug and alcohol testing programs, not necessarily uh, the individual companies' programs themselves. Okay. Um, so uh, this is really going to be a way to monitor if uh, anything pops up uh, that uh, an employer might not be aware of. Um, so, for instance, if a driver has, uh, uh, has a pre-employment test for a different employer uh, or is working for a different employer and uh, has a positive drug or alcohol test, uh, it would get reported into the clearinghouse. Um, the other driver may or may not necessarily report that to you um, from a, a different employer. So uh, this is a way to uh, make sure that you're staying um, current with possible problems that are in your driver fleet. Gotcha. Okay. Now, going uh, down a little deeper, I thought we could discuss the responsibilities of each of the different groups involved in the clearinghouse, starting with CDL drivers. What are the obligations as far as drivers are concerned with uh, with the clearinghouse? Yeah, well, the very first obligation of uh, a CDL driver is to register with the clearinghouse. Uh, any other obligation that they have within the clearinghouse cannot be completed until that driver has registered. Um, Registered, registering for the clearinghouse can be done uh, through the FMCSA clearinghouse website. Um, 
once uh, registered, the drivers will have to monitor their account and even an employer or a prospective employer need to pull a full query from the clearinghouse. Uh, the reason for that is all full queries need to be approved by the driver themselves and the approval requests are going to be done electronically. So failing to approve a full query can actually affect uh, the driver in a couple of ways. First, if a current employer needs to pull a full query of the driver, it needs to be done within 24 hours of becoming aware a full query has to be pulled. So an employer cannot allow a driver to perform safety-sensitive functions if the full query has not been done. Thus, that's going to limit the driver's ability to work uh, as they won't be able to drive. Um, the other way a driver could be affected is if he or she is trying to find new employment and a prospective employer is trying to pull a full query, uh, if the driver doesn't authorize that full query, then the prospective employer can't move forward with the hiring process. Thus, it's in the best interest of all CDL drivers to register with the clearinghouse. It's also in the driver's best interest to occasionally check their profiles within the clearinghouse to ensure any information entered there is correct. Uh, no one wants to have a positive drug or alcohol test entered under their name erroneously, uh, and if a driver will never know that uh, unless they occasionally check the clearinghouse profile. Okay, great. Now that we've discussed the drivers, let's talk about employers. The, the clearinghouse divides them into two categories, prospective employers and current employers. So let's first discuss mm -hmm. prospective employers. What does the clearinghouse require of that group? Prospective employers are required to pull full queries from the clearinghouse on each driving candidate. Uh, this is where the previously mentioned driver approval becomes critical. Uh, if a full query is not approved by the driver, then the full query can't be pulled. However, uh, there's a bit of a catch until the year 2023. Currently, a prospective employer must reach out to any employer within the past three years to inquire about any drug and alcohol issues that may have occurred during the prospective employer's tenure with that company. This is referred to as the DAC process, and companies have been doing that right along. Seeing as how there will not be three years of data within the clearinghouse, prospective employers will have to query the clearinghouse as well as continue the old query process until 2023 when there will be three years of data in the clearinghouse. So there will be some additional burden for a while on prospective employers when it comes to this process. Uh, once January 6, 2023 comes around, the clearinghouse will then have three years of data entered and the dual query process will no longer be needed. So having discussed the obligations for prospective employers, let's move into current employers. How do the obligations for this group differ from prospective employers and what do current employers need to know about the clearinghouse and their roles and responsibilities? Well, current employees have several responsibilities with respect to the clearinghouse. First and foremost, motor carriers have to register with the clearinghouse. Um, in the process of registering, uh, a company administrator will be identified with any other assistant administrators for the clearinghouse. For instance, if a company has uh, several depots or isolated depots, you may want to uh, have assistant administrators identified at those depots so they can pull queries at the local level as opposed to a central place. Uh, some companies may choose to go with that model. 
if a motor carrier is going to have a third-party administrator conduct their responsibilities under the clearinghouse, the third-party administrator can be identified during this registration process. One thing to note, owner-operators cannot conduct queries on themselves, so they will need to hire someone to do these queries for them. So I, as an owner-operator, uh, cannot pull a query on myself and say everything is okay. The other employer responsibilities range from reporting a certain circumstances related to the drug and alcohol testing process to conducting queries of the system. So let's break it down just a little bit. Employers are required to report the following things into the clearinghouse related to the drug and alcohol testing process. Things that need to be reported into the clearinghouse include an alcohol test of 0.04 or higher uh, as these tests will not be sent through an MRO for review. Uh, an employee refusal to submit for a drug or alcohol test. Uh, actual knowledge of use as defined within FMCSA Regulation 382.107, uh, which includes direct observation of use by the employer or reasonable suspicion. Uh, information provided by a prior employer. Uh, if a traffic citation for operating a CMV while under the influence of alcohol or controlled substances, and employee self-admission of use of alcohol or controlled substances, those are all actual knowledge as defined by the regulations. Uh, a negative return to duty test will have to be reported by the employer. And lastly, uh, completion of follow-up testing as assigned by an SAP uh, will have to be uh, reported into the clearinghouse by the employer. Reporting of the things I just listed will need to be done within three days and may require the employer to gather a significant amount of information to support the condition being reported, including but not limited to, uh, they could have to gather citations, affidavits, witness statements, test results, uh, documented observations, it would also be wise for employees to document the date an employee is notified to go for a test, the time that the employee was notified, and the time the test was conducted. If the employer refuses, uh, employers should document the time of the refusal. If you read through the new requirements, there could be a lot of support documentation that you need to gather before entering these items into the clearinghouse. So the reporting aspects may place additional burdens on current employers because now employers are going to have to gather additional information that they weren't necessarily reporting uh, in the past. The other thing, uh, in addition to the reporting requirements I just mentioned, current employers are also required to conduct a limited query on all their drivers by January 6, 2021 and annually thereafter. One thing employers must have is consent forms from the drivers uh, in order to conduct these limited queries. The key when preparing the consent form is to word them so they last the full length of a driver's employment. Uh, if you don't have them worded correctly, then each year you'll have to have the drivers sign a consent form. So preparation of that consent form and the wording within it is is critical in this process. If one of the limited queries indicates something having been reported into the clearinghouse, a full query must then be run for the employee whose limited query indicated the report. 
Again, I'll stress the importance of the drivers registering in the clearinghouse so there will not be any delays in this process, which could impact the driver's ability to perform safety-sensitive functions. One last thing employers will have to do is to update their current substance abuse prevention programs to reflect the clearinghouse requirements and distribute the program to employees. This is sometimes an overlooked aspect of this entire process. Okay, now one aspect of the clearinghouse I wanted to touch on are the different types of inquiries employers can perform to gather information. Now, what are those different queries and what information does each query provide? There are two types of queries that can be conducted, uh, a limited query and a full query. I kind of mentioned them a little bit as uh, earlier in the, in the discussion. Uh, the limited query will only provide general indication that information has or has not been entered into a particular driver's clearinghouse profile. Uh, the limited query won't provide any detail uh, related to anything that's been entered into that profile. That is why if something triggers in a limited query, a full query will need to be conducted. The full query will provide the details of exactly what has been reported into a driver's clearinghouse profile so the current employer or prospective employer can get the detail they need. The thing to remember here is there is a cost associated with polling queries. Each query out of the clearinghouse costs $1.25, and motor carriers must pre-purchase inquiries through the clearinghouse website. There are different packages available depending on the number of queries you want or need to purchase. You can buy queries individually, uh, or there are packages for a one-time fee for a year. However, the yearly subscription probably would only benefit very large motor carriers. They wouldn't be something you want to purchase if you're only doing a few queries a year. So... Uh, once you do use all the queries that you pre-purchased, uh, you will have to go in and refresh and buy new queries so that you can continue doing them going forward. So if we have employers or drivers listening who want to learn more about how they can get started with the clearinghouse, where do they go to find more information? Well, the best place to get started and to go get more information is at the FMCSA Clearinghouse website. Uh, you can find that at uh, clearinghouse dot fmcsa dot 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 gov backslash register uh, that will bring you right to the registration site so you can get into the the website or you can just go out to the fmcsa uh, general website to find more information okay great anything else you'd like to add about the clearinghouse or developing a drug and alcohol policy for motor vehicle fleets just like to say that you know the clearinghouse is a uh, is something new for all of us. Um, I, I think all companies are adjusting to it, and it's going to take a little while for not just uh, the motor carriers, but also third-party administrators to uh, get used to this new process. Um, if you Actually, if you need more information um, and you're currently utilizing a third-party administrator, they should be a great resource for you also. Uh, I know a lot of the third-party administrators out there have been doing a lot of research to get prepared for this process. So there is help out there if you need it. Just reach out or feel free to post questions to the Transportation Practice Specialty Community Board, and we'll get back to you as quickly as we can.
Okay, great. Well, uh, thank you very much again for coming on, Remy. I know the Clearinghouse will be a valuable resource for a lot of employers out there as they develop their drug and alcohol policies for their motor vehicle fleets. So I hope they'll take a look at the Clearinghouse and how it can assist them at their organization. So thank you again. No, my pleasure, Scott. Thank you for having me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.